0: All opinions expressed by the program participants are their own and do not reflect those of Blue Line Futures LLC or their affiliates. The content is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as trading advice. Futures trading involves a substantial risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Therefore, carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for your financial condition. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 25 of the Macro Corner Podcast, proudly presented by Blue Line Futures. I am your host, Paul Mike Muller. My co-host, the one and only Giannis Mindall. Welcome to the show, Giannis. Hey,
1: Paul. It's great to be back on the podcast. And as always, we've got a lot. We got lots to cover today.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. There is a, a little bit of a shorter trading week here. We do have a Thanksgiving holiday on Thursday in the United States. But with that being said, let's talk about the Federal Reserve. Um, we have had some Fed speak that has been coming out uh, from some of the governors going back the past week. But a pivot or a pause, which you will see in most of the media out there right now, is not necessarily correlated with a, with a rally in risk assets. So Let's dive into that a little bit. So why, why all of the importance over a pivot or, or a pause? Yeah,
1: so I think one of the phenomenon that has manifested itself with investors and traders in the market has been that we've gotten sort of accustomed to V-shapes in the economy, but also financial assets. And the reality is that ultimately the transmission process of monetary policy has a much greater lead time than some of these V-shapes suggest. So uh, while everybody keeps entertaining the idea of a pivot or a pause, and that directly transmitting into the economy and therefore financial assets, the The fact of the matter is that at the point at which the Fed has pivoted historically, that has been too late for risk assets to catch a bid after that point in time has occurred. Mm -hmm. So we just need to zoom out a little and take things into perspective and realize that the transmission process, monetary policy, and the dynamics with which they affect the real economy, labor, unemployment, consumption, and investment, those are long lead time sort of things and that's ultimately why once the Fed pivots the tightening effects are still on a sort of on a follow-through so right now is that everybody's waiting for a pivot everybody's waiting for a pause but right. the the undercurrents of the economy
0: are still towards tightening right and then you know that that leads into expectations as well right what what happens after that now what are we looking for right Exactly. I mean,
1: uh, and speaking of expectations, one of the big phenomena that we're monitoring right now and that the Fed is, of course, keeping a really close eye on is inflation expectations and what happens to inflation expectations as the nominal level of prices goes up. I mean, this is more of thing that we've seen in emerging markets, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's ultimately what the Fed is afraid of, that we'll see a similar inflation expectation dynamic in the developed world. Uh, And I mean, we're talking U.S.-centric here, that we're seeing a similar dynamic here.
0: And the thing to be said with the emerging markets, uh, they experience inflation and also the rate of the pace of that inflation either rallying or, or coming back in. They see it quite more often than somebody in the U.S., Yes, exactly. I mean, and that is
1: ultimately what Chief Powell is referring to when he mentioned on multiple central bankers panels, but also during Fed press conferences, when he was saying that there is a clock ticking when it comes to inflation. And he doesn't just speak about some um, concept that is not tangible. It's ultimately a behavioral question. And what is the consumer psyche when it comes to inflation and when it comes to higher prices. What we see play out in emerging markets in particular is that there's ultimately a point in time at which when you hit a certain level of inflation, the price changes in the economy become more more similar. People are quick to adjust. Businesses are quick to raise prices. And just because that same mindset is not the case here in the U.S. or in all of the developed world, we've not seen that shift from where we hit one level on inflation and automatically see that translate into a similarity and price dynamic. But yeah, I mean, that's what Jay Powell is referring to. They are not only fighting a game against real-time inflation numbers. Mm-hmm. They're also fighting a game against this switch in the consumer psyche, where you have this flip from from one state to the next where, and of course, this is not a binary state. This is a, a, uh, a slow and steady process where you move from a consumer state where consumers expect prices to remain relatively stable to a state where you have X level on inflation and therefore everybody adjusts. So this is ultimately what he uh, is talking about when it comes to clock taking, that consumer mindset, That w- that's what they're so afraid of. Right. The implications that would have for the wage price dynamic, which is so hard
0: to break one. Right. And inflation is psychological. I mean, and human behavior is essentially unpredictable. So that that is that is a tough game for, for the Fed to be playing. Exactly. And what they're balancing
1: right now, and of course they're monitoring all the same market-based indicators that we're watching. Of course, they see that the two tens yield curve is at negative 72 basis points today. Of course, they see that the three-month, 10-year curve inverted to negative 52 basis points on Friday. It's off from that level back to about negative 40-ish basis points today. But of course, they're seeing all these dynamics. And of course, they know uh, that these uh, indicators are telling them that a recession is on the horizon that the consumer spending is going to slow significantly, but they have to balance that market-based indicator, those market-based signals that already foreshadow a substantial slowdown in the economy with the idea that they still run the risk of consumer expectations changing and therefore inflation expectations setting higher and getting entrenched in the economy, which is the battle that they are fighting, which is the
0: clock that is ticking right now. We can talk about transition, you know, the the traditional transitional processes of of monetary policy. I mean, such as, you know, clearly interest rates, uh, quantitative easing, quantitative tightening, things like that. But those are really trying to affect, you know, the, the people at the top of the heap, you know, the people that are, you know, running capital, that are creating factories, creating jobs, et cetera, things like that. So, what do those transitional processes play? What role are they playing here?
1: Yeah, so when we look back over the last decade plus, really, since the onset of QE, which was not in, in 2008 in the U.S., it began yep. uh, earlier than that in Japan, uh, but one of the ways in which the Fed is trying to stabilize or uh, cool the economy is uh, you have quantitative easing on the one hand and conversely quantitative tightening, and then you have a tightening of interest rates or a loosening uh, or an easing of interest rates on on the other hand. And when we look back and we look at the transmission process of uh, monetary policy, then we see the ways in which that transmission process played out in the past Uh and whether that allows us to make a rational assessment of how we see that transmission process play out in the future. So one really critical aspect of monetary policy today is that the Fed thinks it has the toolkit with which it can combat inflation, with which it can combat the wage price spiral, and with which it can uh, slow the economy as a whole, which slows nominal spending, therefore increases on Look back. And we need to make a clear assessment, which leads us to a conclusion that is, the Fed was acting in a trickle-down fashion where they introduced QE, where they lowered interest rates, and that uh, led to financial asset inflation. And their rationale was, because we see financial asset inflation Uh, capital owners will create factories that will create jobs and that will ultimately then stimulate the economy. But the only thing that it really got constrained to was financial asset inflation. We did not see strong real growth when QE got implemented, which then leads us to believe that maybe the same process in reverse will not lead to the same degree of cooling in the economy that the Fed might be anticipating. This is such a critical aspect, and of course, this is a probabilistic assessment of where the path of monetary policy is ultimately going to lead the economy, but we need to uh, shine a critical light on how monetary policy works, how it's getting transmitted, and how it's worked in the past, and this is what we saw in the past, so why not entertain that possibility that maybe monetary policy does not have that direct link into real economic activity as we maybe would have thought it has.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's close it off with this. Uh, We do talk about yield curves a lot on this show. but What do commodity curves and yield curves have in common?
1: Yeah. One, one big theme that we have been really uh, discussing on this podcast has of course been the commodity super cycle and the degree of underinvestment that's ultimately led to giving power back into the hen- hands of OPEC+. Today, we saw some headlines on uh, the Saudi Arabian energy minister saying that they are thinking of pulling back on production. Uh, we're seeing that the world is really short uh, as far as spare capacity in the fossil fuel space goes. Uh, but despite that underinvestment, despite the fact that there's really uh, not that much uh, spare capacity left to be had, Mm-hmm. We do see that the commodity curve has, uh, in crude oil, but also copper, has moved from ultra backward and ultra backward dated state into yep. something that's closer to a contango. So, what does that mean? That ultimately foreshadows much weaker demand in the future. We saw headlines out of China that they are going to reopen, but how fast is that? reopening ultimately going to unfold is the million-dollar question right now. Right. And then also uh, the fact that the 2 yield curve in the U.S. on the Treasury side, that is, directly foreshadows the weakening of demand across the economy. And that, of course, impacts the way that commodities react. So as the yield curve on the Treasury side, as a result of real economic conditions, fit policy, as that starts to foreshadow a state. The same hap- is happening in the commodities complex where you see that crude oil is moving closer to contango when you look at that one month forward to nine months forward curves. And the same has also taken place in the copper space where some of these curves have moved back into contango from what was
0: backwardation. Interesting as always, Giannis. Thank you very, very much. That was very insightful. Have a happy Thanksgiving all to all of our listeners. And don't forget... The Blue Line Futures chart book is available in the description of the podcast on bluelinefutures.com as well as attached to the email sent to clients every Sunday. Not a client? Reach out to podcast at bluelinefutures.com for a two-week complimentary trial of our premium research covering equity indices, bonds, metals, grains, livestock, and more. Giannis, thanks again. Can't wait to have you on the show next week.
1: Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there.
0: Thanks, guys. All opinions expressed by the program participants are their own and do not reflect those of Blue Line Futures LLC or their affiliates. The content is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as trading advice. Futures trading involves a substantial risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Therefore, carefully consider whether such trading is suitable for your financial condition.